Welcome to Linda's Corner. My name is Linda Bjork, and today we're going to be talking about managing debt. I'm delighted to welcome special guest Todd Christensen. Todd is a financial educator, award-winning author, and personal finance program developer. You can reach Todd at his website, moneyfit.org, and I'll include a link in the show notes. Welcome, Todd. I'm so glad that you could join with me today. Thanks, Linda. It is great to be on your show. I appreciate the, appreciate you having me. I I'm looking forward to this conversation because here you are, this financial guru, the person that everyone comes to, you know, teach me how to do it. And when you started taking care of your own finances, it was not smooth sailing. You had a bit of a rocky start. So I'm looking forward to hearing your story and how you decided that helping people to get out of debt is uh, a worthwhile venture. Yeah. Yeah, it was a, t- t- a rocky start is, is putting it mildly. It was more like over the edge of a cliff. <laughs> um, yeah, it, when when I went off to college, uh, you know, my, my parents were very good with money. They are very good with money. And um, but I headed off to college at a time in the in the early to mid 80s to date myself when credit cards weren't really a thing for uh, the parents didn't know that they were a thing on campus. And you get to campus at that time and, ca- and credit card companies are giving away uh, T-shirts and hats and footballs and things. All you have to do is sign up for a card just in case of an emergency, right? And, uh, and I did. That hat or shirt or whatever it was was long gone. But I uh, got my first credit card in the, in the mail. I think I was 21. And uh, $2,000 credit limit. I think it was a weekday. It might have been a Wednesday. And by Thursday night, it was maxed out all $2,000 of it. <laughs> and I was in, that was just the start. I was in credit card debt for the next, uh, pretty much that entire decade. To show you what a quick learner I was, I got my next card. It was a, um, a gas card. And I happened to, at that point, I was living across the street from a gas station and I bought gas there uh, for my car. I bought eggs and milk and donuts and soft drinks and everything I could buy there. And I took that $500 credit limit all the way up to $800. Ooh. And uh, before I had to, and actually ended up settling, I think, uh, having to settle on that. So it, my credit while I was in the, in my twenties was pretty horrendous, uh, hiding from creditors when they were calling and setting up these repayment plans. And so, yeah, it was a rocky start. And, uh, that's where I, that's where I get my passion for what I do. I've always loved to teach, but I, I, and I always hated finances. That's probably why I was so bad at it. Cause I thought I hate finances. Um, but once I learned a little more about it, I, I started to realize this is something that I want to teach and I want, uh, I enjoy teaching because it's making, it makes a difference. It does. It makes a difference. And when we start so young, and we really don't understand what the consequences are. And all we yeah. see is a free t-shirt, a free hat, a free football, or whatever the thing is. And someone says, you have a $2,000 credit limit. Sometimes for a new a person who doesn't recognize what that actually means, it's like, I just won the lottery and I just won $2,000. And so then you think, well, yay, I can spend that. And then, and then there are no consequences. And I just got this $2,000 gift because someone is so kind and so nice to me. And, um, at what point did you realize that that's not really the way that it works? I, oh, so when, 
when I made my first payment, this was back before internet payments, I sent off a uh, this antique thing called a check. <laughs> and uh, it was a 50, they only asked for $50 in the mail. I thought this was great. I got, cause I got a, uh, this professional keyboard and studio monitors. And I thought $50 a month, this is fantastic. And uh, I sent off the $50 check and, and I would call every few days just to see if it had uh, cleared. And when it did, I great, I can go buy some groceries with my card. I'll go buy 20, $30 worth of groceries. Went, got my grocery in the cart, got up to the cash uh, register, swiped the card. And back in those days, it was like 60 seconds, you know, uh, processing, processing, dialing, 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 communicating, you know, and it, and it took the whole time. And then all of a sudden came through, finally said, declined. And I was irate. I was so upset. I went home and I called this credit card company. And you're 21 years old. And when they start, when they say, oh, well, Mr. Christensen, and they call you Mr. 21, I thought, oh, hold on, hold on. Maybe, maybe I, there's something I'm missing. Maybe I better pay attention whatever they're about to tell me. And they said, look, of that $50, all but $5 of it went to interest. So... I realized, oh, okay, I could go buy $5 worth of groceries of that $50. All of it went to interest except just a few dollars. And that was, that was a, um, I wish I could say that was the wake up call, but that was definitely a wake up call. And, uh, and I, and I, yeah, interest, um, I had no idea how it worked. Yeah, it was free money to me, that whole credit card thing. I thought, yeah, let's go spend it. And you know, and, and um, you're working, and I did. you're using your basic math skills, which says I made a $50 payment. So now oh. I have $50 to spend. And absolutely. it seems absolutely and completely logical, <laughs> except for the misunderstanding about interest. And I'm actually pleased that any part of it went to interest because sometimes when you make the minimum payment, you're actually only paying the interest and yeah. it hasn't even touched into the principal. But when you're 21 and you're, you're out and you're on your own for the first time and you're trying to do your money by yourself, you just don't understand. Yeah. And I'm so grateful that you were able to go through this process and figure things out and that now you're able to just be this clarion call to all these other people who still haven't figured it out. I have a friend who uh, attended college just, just a semester or two. She never ended up actually finishing. And had a student loan, and she paid the minimum payment on that student loan for the next 10 years. And then she thought, gosh, it seems like it ought to be paid off by now. And right. called the company, and they said, oh, well, actually, you've been paying the minimum payment. You haven't even been paying all the interest. So where your, your debt was, and I can't remember the number, maybe 5000 now that you've been paying on it for 10 years, now you only owe 8000 And she was like, wait, 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 what? 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 Because she did not understand that that minimum payment yeah. wasn't paying off the principal and that right. it was still just, and she just was so confused by that. Yeah. Because, you know, not everybody loves math. And no. when, you, when you get to where that your basic, if I paid $50 doesn't mean I have $50 to spend, then that can be even more confusing. So can you just kind of, just, just in case somebody here is still in this idea of, I don't get it. Can you yeah. kind of go over the basics and then let's, yeah. let's figure out how to, how to win this game. Sure. Yeah. You got to understand that uh, minimum payments are set up 
so that if you if you never use the card again, credit card for example, uh, it will take you 15 to 25 years to pay off. And that's as of 2009 or so when um, they changed the rules that the credit card companies actually had to make the minimum payment pay down something, anything. Before that, there were some cards that would you could make the minimum payment and you would end up owing more the next month. So, you know, the basics of how it works, interest, the higher the interest, it's, it's a percentage game, the higher the interest, the more it's going to add to your account every month. It's, uh, to, for, to make it simple, 10, 10% interest on a $100 loan, that's $10 a, a year, basically, I mean, roughly, of interest. Uh, but it's added every month, and so um, it's 12 months worth. Uh, so you have to take 12, 10 divided by 12. Actually, let's take 12% interest. 12 divided by 12 months is 1%. And so you're adding 1% to your account every single month. And if your monthly payment is barely covering that 1%, then it's not really bringing down the interest at all. Typically, uh, in the last little more than a dozen years, uh, about a dozen years, most monthly payments have to pay, pay down the balance by at least 1%. So, uh, that might, you might think, wow, that, uh, so I should be paid off. If I make minimum payments, I should pay it off in a hundred months, right? Again, this is the simple math that a hundred, 1%, a hundred of those means I'm paid off, except that it's 1% of the current balance, not the original balance. Oh. And since the current balance is always changing, going down, the 1% gets smaller and smaller. And so you may not pay that off for again, 15, 20 years, 25 years. And so that I mean, that's the basics of how. Interest works on credit cards that uh, it's it's set up to a minimum payment will will take you forever. And if you keep using the card, it will literally take you forever. Right. And that's what I was going to say is on our, we're trying to make the math simple here. And your, your 20 to 25 years is if you never used it again. Right. See, and um, that's the tricky part is the whole point of having this card is it's so convenient and I can use mm-hmm. it all the time. So, um, so minimum payments... Even though it sounds like it's my friend, because it's making things easy for me, it's not my friend. No, absolutely not. Yeah, it's there uh, to to make it sound like we can afford the purchase, but it, that's not it's that's not how it works. In fact, you know the whole point of a credit card. If when I was young, and I still hear this, parents still are telling their kids, their teen, uh, their 16, 18, 21-year-old kids, you're going to need to get a credit card for emergencies. Credit cards are for emergencies. Only use them for emergencies. And and in my mind, parents do a disservice to their child when they start teaching them credit cards are for emergencies because they're not. Savings are for emergency. There's a reason why <laughs> more people have credit cards than they than people who have savings accounts. And, and I don't know, Linda, when you were um, young when I like when I uh, when I got my card, an emergency. My parents thought emergency would have been, you know, break broken down in the, in a car in the middle of nowhere, and this was before cell phones. So of course that was an emergency. But a twenty one year old to a twenty one year old emergency is you get a knock on the door and your friends are saying, hey, we're going out to a movie tonight and going out for dinner, and it's another three days or four days till payday. That's that a social is an emergency. emergency. Right? Absolutely. 
Yeah. So uh, to to when when I when we start talking about use your credit cards for emergency, that there is a very poorly defined idea of what an emergency is. Really, that they're they're there for the convenience. What you say, they can be very convenient. There's a lot of safety, security features. Um, it's safer to carry a credit card than it is carry a lot of cash, especially when you're traveling. But they're not there to to make our life better. They're there to, to so that we can build the credit. And, and if we're going to make a major purchase in the future, like a home, then yes, we can build our credit. But using credit just to build for credit's sake, I'm. I, I think that's that's you know is the dog wagon is the tail wagon wagging the dog at that point I think it is. So how would you recommend? Because that is uh, yeah. something that I commonly hear is you have to be able to do this so that because there are some purchases like maybe a vehicle or definitely a home where it's very unreasonable yeah. to have that much saved ready Absolutely. to pay for a home. And then if you don't have some sort of credit, then the banks look at you and they say, not touching this. Right. So I have no idea if you're a risk or not. And if you're, a, if I'm going to assume that you're a risk until you can prove otherwise. And that's what credit is. So yes, how do you build credit without the risking going into a lot of debt with credit cards? It's either some, there's some really simple tips that, that uh, we've developed that I've heard of and that, uh, that I share whenever I go into classes or when I do on online courses. One, first of all, um, a lot of people try and start big. They start with a credit card, a major credit card, national bank, and they get declined. And they get that letter that says, uh, you're, you've been declined because you have insufficient credit history. And you think, well, it's a catch-22. How am I supposed to get build credit if you're not going to give me a credit card? And how am I supposed to get a credit card if I don't have credit history? And so I tell, tell people, well, well, one, start local or start small. Start with your uh, local clothing store. A lot of, lot of um, clothing stores, and regional stores, or even national credit clothing stores, or a, uh, a, a break and tire store shop will have credit that's very relatively easy to, to qualify for. Uh, and what I like about tire shops, you go in, you take cat, you have the cash, you, you saved up for it, ideally. And you buy the, 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 um, the tires and, you know, 500 or $800 or whatever it is. And, um, it's going to be like a 25 to 30% interest. It's pretty high because Ooh. they are willing to take that risk. They're going to, gotcha. they deserve a reward, right? And the reward is higher profits on, on the individual, um, account. But should you go home and you either pay all of it off so that now you have zero balance on your card? Typically, though, if you want to build your credit, you do need like six months worth of, of activity on your account. So I tell people, well, pay everything but like $50 off and then make monthly payments on that $50 so that it's paid off in like six months and uh, you're not paying interest, uh, you know, 20%, 30% interest on it on $500. You're only paying it on $50. Wow. Or okay. you can do, yeah, or you can do that at a store. I like it even better if you can qualify like at a clothing store where you can get that 15, 10, 15% off, right? Uh, open up an account today, 15% off. Fine. Just don't leave the store until you've paid off the balance. You can go right to the customer service desk or in some places stand right there at the cashier and say, okay, I just made this purchase, saved myself 15%. I pat on the back. I'm smart. Even smarter. I'm going to pay this off right now before I leave the store. Here's the cash. Here's a debit card. Here's a check, whatever power you want. You walk out the store with a purchase 
with it paid off to zero, you're not going to forget it. You're not going to have to pay interest on it. Wow. Okay. So in order to do this, Todd, you have to recognize that we're playing a bit of a game here. It feels like it, doesn't it? It it does. It feels like a game. Like I need to show you that I'm smart enough to pay off my stuff. And, and in the process of doing that, sometimes we find out that we're not as smart as we thought we were as we're trying (laughs) to pay things off. So when you really understand the game, you really are proving, yes, I am smart enough to be able to handle this responsibility. And so I loved your example of the, the, the store, the, um, tire store. And I'm just going to repeat that. So here I'm going, I'm going to buy, going to get this credit card because they're willing to give it to me, even though I don't have any credit history. So for me, the win is they allow me to get this debt for them. The win is they're going to charge me through the nose in interest. So I'm going to buy my tires, but haha, I have actually already saved up enough money for my tires. So I'm going to pay it all off except for $50. I'm going to hold that and then continue to make those payments for six months so that I can show to my credit history that yes, I was responsible and I made payments for six months. And then that gives me that credit history that we're looking for. And it doesn't ding me with this high interest in the meantime. So that is, that's beautiful. So here's a way to get started, to be able to get on the records of some credit history. And then from that, would you close that account or would you keep it open and then maybe go back to the bank and say, okay, now I have some credit history. Can I have this card? Yeah, great question. Uh, Typically one of, not typically, one, uh, many of the factors, there's, there's well over 130 scoring factors in uh, the FICO credit scoring model. Well, they've, they've dumbed it down to five. Uh, I mean, and even then it's pretty complex. Uh, but uh, if you look into all the different scoring factors, there's well over 130. And many of them have to do with how old, how long you've had credit. So you don't want to close accounts unless you absolutely have to. Okay. Uh, and that uh, a lot of accounts will close if you don't use them for, uh, for a year or two. So it may close automatically. But I'll tell you one other thing I love about the um, tire store is you've got that new account, and but you're not tempted like a credit card or even a, a clothing store card to, to say, hey, I have a tire store card. I'm going to go down and do some shopping at the tire store. You know, it's <laughs> not like carrying a credit card in your, in your uh, purse or wallet. It's, there's not that same sort of consumer temptation. So uh, keep it open. If you can, uh, next time, the, the next time you need something, some work done on your car or your truck, go back to the same place, have it done, put it on that account, pay it all off. You can, at that point, now that you have already have six months of activity on that, you can pay the whole thing off. You don't need to play that game, as you say. And it does feel like a game. It really is until you can prove that you are proof, not just to others, but to yourself, that you can use credit without going into a lot of debt. Um, it it is kind of a game, um, and I'd I'd rather see it have people see it that way than see it as this idea that um, I just got to use it. I got to use my credit uh, so that I can build it. That's it's that's not it. It's using it wisely. Ooh, there's a distinction, is there? There, is. there absolutely <laughs> is. Yeah, never. I tell people never leave the store uh, 
if you have a store card, never leave the store with money on your account because you will forget about it before you get the statement in 30 days and then you'll only be able to afford minimum payments. And and then with credit cards, so once you get those two accounts or one, even once it's one of those accounts and you've been maybe after six months, you can go to like a major credit card or go down to your bank or credit union and get a credit card there. Don't carry it in your wallet. We're no longer in those days that I grew up in where you're going to be stranded in the middle of nowhere with nobody to, to call because you didn't have a phone, cell phones back then. You have a cell phone. There are no emergencies like that. If, if, so instead of carrying the card for emergencies that will turn into non-emergencies will use anyway, just put a single purchase on it every month that is not going to vary like a cell phone purchase, cell phone uh, plan or uh, like a Netflix, Hulu, uh, Disney plus any of those streaming video streaming services. You can, you can binge watch your favorite show all weekend long and it's still only $15 a month or whatever it might be. And you just pay that off automatically every at the end of every month. You only need one purchase. That's another one of the myths set out there that you have to have all these different purchases and carry a bunch of money on uh, balances and you do not. There's not there there are no there's not a single one of those 130 plus factors that says anything about having to have multiple purchases or large purchases on your credit account. Fascinating. So out of 130. So let's let's two questions out of what you just said. One yeah. is let's talk about quickly that you said pay it off automatically. So yes. can you explain quickly how to get it paid off automatically so we don't sure. get Yeah. Like again it's it, again it's like a game. If you don't set some a system up, you're going to have a hard time remembering and it's going to beat you. So um, set up a system. You basically just tell the computer the credit card company Take the full balance out of my checking account every single at the end of every month. You do still want to check your balance because just in case somebody's used your card fraudulently, very uncommon, but it, it, it still happens every once in a while. But it, you can just have it set up automatically. In fact, if you don't like the idea of them taking money from your account, you set up your own uh, bill pay through your own bank or credit union to have that arrive at least a week ahead of time before the balance is due. If you're only making one purchase a month and you know exactly what it is every month, that way um, you just the only thing you have to be paying attention for there is uh, price changes in the subscription service. You want to make sure that you're aware of any changes there. Oh, fantastic. Okay. So, and then you also mentioned there's these 130 dumbed down to five, yeah. the reasons why we have this credit score and just your opinion. Do you think that that's fair? Do you think that it's kind of a, what, what, what do you? That credit think, itself is fair or the, or the, 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 the score they, and yeah. And how yeah, they put it together. Yeah. What are your feelings about that? Yeah. Uh, credit score itself, the credit scoring um, models, FICO is the, is the one pretty much still has a monopoly. And then, but vantage score for all the free, most of the free credit scores you can get out there are vantage scores. Those tend to be um, pretty, pretty fair as far as information that they're, they're putting through that. The only information they can base their uh, scores on is the information that's on our credit report. Where we sometimes, where we can have a problem in our in, in our society, is uh, how information is what information is reported, and that's uh, because I mean historically, um, we've had information reported that 
can be biased uh, toward uh, one community or another. Um, you know, we had we have a history of uh, uh, redlining that was identified and tried to be corrected in the seventies with uh, with some legislation. And it's still there's still some of that that goes on even even today um, on on a little lesser uh, informal basis. But creditors are the ones that get to decide what they report and when they report or if they report. And that's where um, individual creditors may have policies or in their systems set in where there might be some bias and some even discrimination going on. Oh, that's not good. Um, but that's that's the main challenge. But once it gets once it gets to the credit scoring models, those are blind to because there's income is not a factor, uh, age is not a factor, race, ethnicity, religion, uh, gender. None of those are factors um, on our credit score. But what gets onto the credit report? That's the biggest issue. Hmm, interesting. Okay. So as we've been discussing, and and this is so broad and can cover so many different things. But we've kind of gone just along the path of, okay, I'm a, I'm a college student, you know, I'm 21, I'm trying to figure out how to get things started and how to do it in a, such a way that it doesn't uh, trap me because right. debt can be a trap. So now let's, let's go kind of on the other edge where, you know, I have done it poorly mm-hmm. and now I would really like to fix it. And yeah. that's where your money fit comes mm-hmm. in. And it's a nonprofit so yes. what what kind of services if I'm if I'm struggling if I have just made a mess of things c- can I come to someone there and say can you can you teach me how to get out or what what services do Absolutely. you offer Yes yeah well first of all let me just say been there done that we're we're all there so it's time to start beating stop beating yourself up about the, the, the financial troubles we in fact going back to credit we try we we too often put our reputation our personal character we tie it to our credit and that's that's not that's not right um, and I disagree with those uh, with lenders who still say that one of the C's of credit is character it, it is not we, to, to say that somebody who has this uh, you know massive medical debts for example and can't afford to pay those are they of lesser character that poor call, uh, are they irresponsible because they couldn't come up with money to pay all those medical debts so uh, don't beat yourself up Let's just make a decision that we're going to make a change now for the better. So a, a consumer credit counseling agency like MoneyFit, what we do is we, one, start by assessing the situation. Let's talk about your income. Let's talk about what debts you do have. Uh, and quite often, people, oh, consumers may not even know all the debts that they have. Mm. And so we will pull a credit report and say, okay, here's what we're showing does this sound about right? Oh, I forgot about that one. Um, uh, or, oh, I thought that one was a lot worse than it was. It's, it's surprising in, in, in different directions to, to different uh, consumers. And then we work with their creditors. It's, uh, instead, it's not an adversarial um, head-to-head sort of a, a situation, but it's a more of a partnership uh, deal where we work the creditors and with the consumer to come up with new uh, repayment arrangements so that the, the consumer is paying 100% of what they owe. If they owe $20,000, they're going to pay off $20,000. But they're just the creditors will generally give concessions, what are called concessions, lower interest rates. So instead of dealing with 20%, you know, average right now, average, if you, if you have good credit, 
your average right now is 18% when you start start with a, a new account. But these will these will um, these creditors will lower interest rate down to zero percent or two percent or five eight percent typically, and so that more of that payment that you're making is uh, going to paying down the balance rather than to the interest and you're out of debt in five years or less, quite often three to five years. And there's no repayment penalty. Um, we work with people who maybe they sell a home and, uh, and use some of the equity to, uh, to pay off their debts. We just, we applaud anytime our clients pay off their debts. Uh, we're excited for it. That is fantastic. Yeah. So you're able to kind of be a mediator and work mm-hmm. with the credit companies to to lower the interest rate, and that is that's amazing. So yeah, it's you not can, you know you can do that on your own. Typically, with if you only have one account, maybe two. But when the creditors find out that you have three or four credit card com- credit cards in your name, they're going to say, "Well, look, if, if we give you this concession, we're giving away our a competitive advantage to our you know an advantage to our competitors." Unless they do the same. So how are we going to know that they're going to do the same? That's where a, a credit counseling agency comes in and says, we're going to put all those debts on that account. Um, two things. And a lot of people say, well, it's going to do these two things. And that's a negative. And we're like, no, it's not a negative. Our, our goal is to get you out of debt, right? One, the accounts are going to close. So you're not going to be able to use them again. <gasps> we're like, yeah, is your, is your point to get out of debt or to keep using debt? You know, that's, we're going to get you out of debt. Two, there's no direct effect on your credit score. That's there's a, there's a lot of misunderstanding out there how that works. Uh, when the accounts close, it may or may not have an initial effect on your score. But over time, as you're paying down those debts and you get to zero, we have clients who who, who graduate with a credit score in the top ten percent, eight hundred or, or or better. And so uh, it's it's not about I got to protect my credit score. Yeah, it, the good thing is it doesn't have a direct inf- effect and it will improve as you pay down your debt. That's just natural. But the focus has got to be on getting out of debt and, and not on that. Again, I've got to protect my credit. It's not about protecting credit. What's your purpose? Are you, are you trying to get out of debt just to get out of debt? That's great. Do you want to get out of debt to buy a home in the future? Great. We can help with that too. Um, it, but just, I want to get out of debt, but I have to keep my credit score high or I have to, I don't want anybody to touch anything that do my credit. That's kind of a little off focus. We've got to make sure that we focus on what's the whole purpose, getting out of debt. Your credit will, will, will either stay the same or re, or grow, regrow pretty quickly. You know, there are some people, uh, you know, I, I think the way we're raised and a lot of times is whatever, mm-hmm. whatever we've seen is normal. Yes. And, and so for many people, the idea that you're talking about of a goal of getting out of debt seems foreign. Like, <laughs> why? I mean, isn't, isn't that part of being an adult is to continue to just make yeah. payments? So can you just briefly give me some advantages of, say, say I'm a person who I was raised and, and, and you just, you just make payments. That's just what you right. do. So why, why would I want to get out of debt? Yeah, and that is so common. Not just credit cards, but we just have come to accept a society that you make, you buy a car and finance it. Mm-hmm. You will, everybody, everybody 
always has a car payment. And that is just not true. Um, here's the main reason that you don't want to be making debt payments because they will always come with interest. And what do you get for that interest? Nothing. Mm, mm, yeah. Can you, can you brag about it to your friends that I'm only paying 5% interest? No, you don't brag about any kind of interest that you have to pay. <laughs> right. And so it's taking money out of your account and you're getting nothing in return other than the fact that at some point in the past, you were able to borrow that money. That is the privilege that, uh, that interest afforded you, but it's gone now. There's no benefit now to paying interest. And every dollar out of, of interest is a dollar you can't do something else with in your life that you want, whether it's, um, you know, and I, and I talk, I try and talk in concrete terms. Don't say, I, I try not to say, well, if you can't, if you're paying a dollar in interest means you can't invest a dollar. Who cares? Cause it, it, investing is a foreign to so many people, but, uh, you know, hundred dollars in interest. What would you do with a hundred dollars in back in your pocket today? A thousand dollars in interest, which is pretty common in in American households, just for one credit card account. What would you do if you had a thousand dollars? Think about the trip that you could take, uh, even if it's a three day trip. That'd be a wonderful experience, right? That's uh, round trip tickets to Europe for a person. Um, it depends on the time of year, of course. But what is it value to you? What's most important to you that you would rather be doing with that money rather than? Paying for a, a, something that you know that doesn't bring you any kind of service now. So it puts money in my pocket, money that I'm not spending and getting nothing in return. And that is why we want to stay out of debt because yeah. it lets us actually get something for the money that we spend. And yeah. that is, uh, for some of us, that seems kind of obvious. And for some others, especially depending on how you were raised, this is revelatory. And so I'm so thankful that you are helping people to be able to understand because, and I love that you talked about compassion because it is really easy to get into a situation, especially if we don't understand what put us there? And so let's, we don't need to judge ourselves. We don't need to condemn ourselves. But if we're in a not good financial situation, there is hope to be able to get out. And I yeah. really appreciate that. And, and it doesn't happen overnight though, right? I mean, it takes a little while. It, it does. Most of our clients are, are in that three to four year range. Some can go as long as, as five years. Others can be as short as less than a year. It just depends on what... It, what changes you are, you want to make, what you're willing to make, uh, finding extra income, using that bonus, uh, getting, using the tax return, um, exp- uh, cutting down on your, on your costs. But yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's not about the past. We got to stop dwelling on the past and say, I have a chance right now, right today, I have a chance to change my future. And I can either make this decision to have a better financial future, or I can continue to be under the, uh, under the hand, under, in the grasp of my past. Um, because really, when you owe money, the creditors, credit card companies, car 
car lenders, they own a part of your life, the financial part of your life. They have, literally, they have certain rights, parts of your life that in normal circumstances, you would never give to anybody. And so that's another benefit of being debt-free is that you, nobody owns any part of your, of your financial life. I like debt-free, the word mm-hmm. free. It makes mm-hmm. us more free. Absolutely. That is fantastic. Is there anything that you want to make sure that we cover before we close today? Uh, there are so many opportunities to learn. If, if you're not in a situation where you, you think, uh, I'm not, I'm doing okay on my own. I think I can get out of debt on my own. And if I really buckle down in the next six months, take advantage of all the free services out there, free classes, um, go to a nonprofit. Uh, credit counseling agencies like Money Fit, and you will find free classes on budgeting, on building credit, on getting out of debt, on saving. And um, no need, please, no need to spend a thousand, five hundred, or even two hundred dollars on a class when there's so much good free stuff out there. Check with your library. I bet they've got some books. I love libraries. Librarians um, are, are highly underrated as, as far as resources uh, still uh, a- anymore. Thank you. Thank you, Todd. And thank you for visiting with me today. My pleasure. In closing, I'd like to share a quote by Henry Wheeler Shaw. He said, debt is like any other trap, easy enough to get into, but hard enough to get out of. Today, I invite you to avoid the trap of debt. See you next time on Linda's Corner. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of Linda's Corner, please share and subscribe to help us reach new listeners. I also invite you to check out my nonprofit, Hope for Healing, at the website hopeforhealingfoundation.org for free ebooks and other free resources to help increase happiness, build confidence and self esteem, strengthen relationships, manage stress, and calm feelings of depression and anxiety. I also invite you to grab a copy of one of my books, like Crushed A Journey Through Depression, or Amazon bestseller You Got This, an action plan to calm fear, anxiety, worry, and stress. See you next time on Linda's Corner.